Your attention, please, and welcome to another episode of Yap Chicago. And we appreciate you hitting play wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at YapChicago underscore or on Instagram at YapChicago. You can also call us, leave us a message, 312-985-6006. If you call us and leave us a message, Lees will tell you he loves you. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Tribe Coffee Co. Early mornings, afternoon pick-me-ups, whatever you need, even for that late-night cafecito con pan dulce, you know what I'm saying? They have whatever roast you want from light, dark, espresso, decaf. Don't miss out on the smooth, on the smooth, bold flavors of Tribe Coffee. To support this local coffee company and this show, visit tribecoffeecode.com and enter promo code YAPSHY at checkout for 10% off of your order. And low-key, we may be uh, breaking news before we introduce ourselves that Café de Olla cold brew may be coming out soon. We have seen it. I know we teased it before. It is an actual product. I've held it in my hands. It is delicious, and I can't wait for it to come out. I'm your host, Edgar Perez. Lizzy F, baby, what it do? And like I said, we're back for an episode of Yap Chicago. There's a lot of stuff we need to catch everybody else up on. Last week, we did an early episode because I had some other commitments I had to do, so I couldn't do our regularly scheduled program. But even if we did, we would have missed out on talking about the trade deadline, which the Cubs are dead. The Cubs made a lot of moves. That was one thing in the news. The Bulls also, to start the week off, took a lot of the NBA headlines, I think, in day one. Maybe even a little bit in day two. To talk more about that, we have Cam Smith, who he's been on the show before. Cameron Smith, he's from Stadium. He covers the NBA. We talked to him. So we'll, we did a good interview with him. That's coming up later on in the show. But first and foremost, I have to put an end to the Cup season. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the Hello Darkness, my old friend, would have worked right there, you know? But yeah, y'all fucking stink darkness, now. Hello Darkness, my old friend. I have it in here somewhere. I just, I'm not on the right page, so I don't want to start clicking around buttons. Anyways, do they stink? Yes, motherfucker, they stink. <laughs> I really hope you talk like they get a two game win streak and you talk yourself back into uh, you know I don't know I don't know I I don't think that's going to happen with these uh, uh with this squad here I don't think Frank Schwindel and uh Jean Sisui Jean ne sais pas Jean ah hold on Jenny nope <laughs> Jeneshui there you go Jeneshui Fargus I don't think Jeneshui Fargus and Frank Schwindel are gonna are gonna get us back in any kind of even division race, really. Sure, you don't want them to get hot, and then Rafael Ortega, you know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Rafael Ortega has probably been the only bright spot after this trade deadline, but who knows how long he can keep that up. Hey, you guys are lucky that they don't have that second trade deadline this year, because <laughs> <laughs> everybody <laughs> that motherfucker would have been gone. Yeah, well, I mean, all right. So we all know Anthony Rizzo's gone. He's over at New York Yankees now. Javi Baez gone. He's over with the Mets. Chris Bryant gone out in San Francisco. Craig Kimbrell's gone over the south side. Ryan Tapera's gone. True. Over the south side. Andrew Chafin over the A's. I mean, they completely, literally dumped everybody. That was worth anything. Everybody. My, my, minus Wilson Contreras. But. Minus Willie, which we all kind of thought that, at least I expected him to stay. Yeah. pieces to stay. It, he's he's even said that he wants to be like a leader for 
the next set, the next group that is going to be coming in, especially after all the trades that you guys made for younger talent. But the, I feel like this week it, it got to the point where it was the ugly part of the breakup. The first part was, I would say last weekend was the, I miss her. Like, like, <laughs> why did Anthony Rizzo hit a home run while wearing the Chicago uh, gloves? Over the weekend when they all hit home runs in the first plate appearances? Yeah, now yeah. now Rizzo's coming back and doing interviews at what, ESPN 1000 saying that Jed Hoyer's a lying bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, Jed Hoyer hopped on ESPN 1000 and uh, the big sticking point out of that interview, I don't want to roll it back because I'm pretty sure everyone's heard it by now, but just to catch people up, Jed Hoyer was on one of the shows on 1000. And like I said, the big sticking point from his interview, he pretty much said that all these guys were out in the media saying they wanted to be Cubs. They wanted to stick with this franchise for their entire career, blah, blah, blah. Which, in my head, like, yeah, that's player talk. What else are you going to say, right? But I truly do think these guys have, they meant that. Because they grew up in the system. They they were, they wanted to be here. Ideally, I, I, I believe they it, wanted to be here. I believe Rizzo and Javi. I don't believe Chris Bryant. Really? Yes. Hmm. Jed Hoyer said that they all were saying that in the media, but when it came down to it to negotiate the negotiation table, they acted like the complete opposite. Right. Anthony Rizzo came on, I think, literally the next day on ESPN 1000 with and the, said with the same people that interviewed Jed Hoyer, right. <laughs> with the same people, pretty much saying like, "Well, I mean, there's a common denominator in why we all left here. They didn't want to play. They didn't want to pay for what we provided for this team, which." So uh, we were talking a little bit about this before the show. There are two different varying camps when it comes to this. There's one that's like 100% pro players. The other one that's like you're looking at it team-wise, things of that nature, right? Like yeah. the trade was better for the team because these guys were going to be walking away anyways. Yes. So the only thing that I disliked about what Rizzo said, because I, I – I have no fucking skin in the game. I don't give a fuck. They, they should have traded fucking Woo Williams, man. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> but which he was actually seen at a th- Ronnie at the Sox- Woo. Yeah, <laughs> he was seen at the Sox game. That motherfucker was got he? traded too. I mean, hey, y'all can uh, have Ronnie Woo, man. But anyways, so the one thing I would say it, that Rizzo said that I didn't agree with is the fact that he said they didn't want to pay us for what we brought to the organization brought is past tense you don't fucking pay players for their past performance yep you have to take the heart and soul out of it and i I was talking shit to you and even bowling back in the day when the one of the first questions we asked is who do you think is going to be the one that gets traded we didn't expect all three i think we all said like two of them we're gonna you guys are probably gonna keep one yeah i thought they were gonna keep one of them right and i thought so too i felt like that was a that was going to be, you know, that way we can pay this guy. And this is the guy from 2016 that mm-hmm. is important to us. And I would always talk shit about, to you guys because the first guy you guys wanted out was Rizzo. And I'm like, dude, that's your fucking captain. That's the guy that is like your heart and soul. He's the one that did the Rocky montage naked before game seven. <laughs> like, so It's true. <laughs> so it's like you guys are turning your back on the captain. But him saying that, for me, it's like, it's not ideal as if you were a Cubs fan because it's like we don't have to pay you for 2016. We have to pay you from 2021 to the future. Yeah, and I think that's where that's where both of these interviews kind of, like you said, there, there's there's two ways of seeing what each of these guys said because how would the Cubs fans feel if even after watching 
what they've done the past couple of years. Underperforming. Underperforming in the playoffs. Yeah, they they were getting wins, but they weren't really being themselves or what we would assume was going to be themselves. Right. How would you feel if you gave Javi Baez that two hundred million he was looking for when you went if they had resigned him? How would you feel if you gave Anthony Rizzo one hundred and fifty million dollars he was asking for? How would you feel if you gave Chris Bryant two hundred and fifty million to three hundred million dollars in an extension, and they were performing like that? Like you knew no deals were going to get achieved here, but like you said, I thought they were going to keep one. Maybe am I surprised they got rid of all three? No, I think I even said back then like I wouldn't be surprised if they all go, but. Hey, it's a that's fucking, what ended up happening. It's a hard reset. A hard reset. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, very hard. And like I like to think of myself as like I'm not going to dwell on the emotional part. It happened. I enjoyed it. These guys gave us you us Cubs fans the best Cubs years of my life. You were sad the first day, but like after I was that, sad when it happened. Right. I was sad when once all the news was coming around, rolling rolling out, blah blah blah. I didn't even bother looking up at any of the prospects that they got. That's a different story. I'm not a fucking scout, so I can't tell you if any of these guys are going to be good Pros- or not. Prospe- prospects are prospects. Right, exactly. Who, if fucking three of them are good, right. great. A three, of the, three out of the 12 that they fucking got in return for all these guys are good? The, sure. The guy that got drafted ahead of Chris Bryant never fucking pitched. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. So who the fuck knows if these guys are good? So I uh, f- miss me with that whole, oh, they could have gotten more for this guy. Oh, they could have gotten, right. oh, they got low ball for him. Like, uh, you don't even know. Get the fuck out of here with all that shit. Hey, you guys are going to enjoy Nikki. Honestly, like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan and I'm going to talk shit and you're probably going to dislike the same stuff like the day in, day out stuff of him. Uh-huh. He's a fucking winning player, though. He that's what it is. He and also, all right, this it fucking pains me to say this, but this organization was like ahead of its time when it came to the way that they built their team by honestly, they were the Astros right before the Astros. Yeah, where, where they were ass for three, four years built through the farm system they were like you know what we'll fucking trade our right now good players for future better players and it worked out you guys hit on like three four different players all at the same time right Mm -hmm. so what if they're ahead of the curve where they're going more contact laden so they go like nikki they get rid of their rid of all their big strikeout guys because how buys yes or today had a fucking perfect performance where he had five strikeouts yep um, what if what if they're like you know what we're gonna build our team around contact because right now the sport is all homer strikeout walk right what if we're just gonna be like you know what we're gonna do small ball singles doubles we're gonna fucking make that shit and he makes in a couple of big boppers in the lineup you know what I'm saying right get guys on base hit a dinger Nicky two strikes man he got that nickname for a reason like he doesn't he doesn't strike out often. You, you guys, are, you guys are gonna love him over there. Just cause he's also I a hope hard so. worker, man. I hope so. But I saw a lot of Sox fans very comfortable with letting him go. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not the biggest fan, but Which I get it. it. You were getting Kimbrel back, but still, it's like uh, that, that. And why it's, are you also com- so comfortable? It's getting rid of Nikki two strikes. We, we get an option for Kimbrel next year, so it's not a, a like three month rental. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is that I mean that motherfucker can't hit it out the eh, field. So it's like, so I'm gonna be happy with that. No, but he's gonna hit it to a gap in the infield. Like, where do you have someone with that? It's called Jason Hayward. But no. he, yeah, he hits it to somebody though. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, the speech though, the speech. True. Yeah, the speech. He reset everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, man, you, you guys will like him. Uh, get get him the fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck about him anymore because he's in a Cubs uniform. But Kimbrel. I guess they brought out a shirt today that's like ponytail gang. 
Lane, Ham, Cop- Ham Kopech and Lane Hendricks. And Hendricks. Does Hendricks have a ponytail? No, he has the smallest ponytail. I was like, wait like, a minute, I don't remember seeing him with a ponytail. Bad radio, but it's literally like half of my pinky. It's like <laughs> pinky's not that big, but yeah. So it gives I got, you. I got big hands. Yeah, an average size pinky, I guess. I bet you my pinky is as long as your middle finger. We're not going to test that. Back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Cubs are dead. <laughs> yeah, and it's time to move on, guys. Like I said, they they gave us the best Cubs years of uh, I think our generation's lives. If you're a Cubs fan out there, and it is emotional because we literally saw these guys come into this system as grow prospects, up. grow up into the major leagues fucking get married and have families they were a part of this franchise and yeah you you get attached to stuff like that and when they all leave at once yeah it sucks i could see i could tell how people are pissed off but i think they were in like a no man's land in terms of like what are we going to do with these guys because like i said they were underperforming so you're not gonna give them those big ass contracts they were asking for now the question is in this offseason what happens are they what kind of offers money? are they gonna are those guys gonna get is my first question and also, what are the Cubs going to do moving forward? So, the, who, who are the pieces they're going to build around or kind of look forward to? Ian Happ? <laughs> Nico Horner? Nico Horner is good. So, you got Nico, Nicky Two Strikes, Ian Happ. Wilson Contreras? Contreras is 29. Yeah, but. Right? Ian Happ's 26. The, the I mean, shitty, is, is he going to start playing like the first rounder that he was, that so he got drafted to be? The, the shitty part, though, is that you, you guys are going to start worrying if your team is actually going to spend money. Because you don't know that. everyone, no. Everyone's like, we traded all these guys, and we might use some of that money that we were going to spend in free agency this offseason, right? Yeah. How the fuck are you guys a poor franchise? You guys have just got a sports book approved to be like right next to your building. Which is why I'm kind of concerned also. Because <laughs> it's like, they're not going to rush into things because they're going to they're gonna try to... Like, get get lo- that check. They're going <laughs> to... Yeah, they're trying to get the check. They're trying to get back the money that they lost from the from the pandemic season. And it's just like... They also got to gather money to pay for all the property taxes because they own half the fucking buildings around Wrigleyville. True. So it's like, yeah, of course you're gonna. It, that's gonna be, be cheap. A, that's gonna be a good addition to um, Wrigleyville. I feel like it's gonna be pretty awesome. You'll be able to gamble. I believe you're gonna be able to drink there as well. Yeah, and you don't need a ticket to get in there. Like a ticket to the game. Right. It's, it's a standalone establishment. You can just walk in. I'm sure they're gonna have a shit ton of TVs in there. I think that's gonna be a good spot. We there? Or, uh, fuck it. Or what? <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck, man. I'm willing to spend all my money, even though the fucking Ricketts isn't. Yeah, it's gonna. It's part of it's gonna go to the Ricketts. I wonder if it, if DraftKings is still gonna be the sponsor for it. To remember early on in the announcement, I think they said DraftKings was gonna be a part of it, or there was gonna be like the DraftKings uh, yeah. sportsbook thing. I'm sure that MLB will find a way to. It looks nice. That up. <laughs> the randomings. The randomings look nice. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty cool. But someone that I'm fucking betting on is the White Sox this weekend, which really sucks that you're shutting down your season. Baseball season's over, I told you. It's, You're it's, shutting it's, down your season right before the Crosstown. Well, they, they, it's like I blame the Cubs. They couldn't get me to the Crosstown Classic, at least. Whatever the fuck we call it nowadays, the BP Cup. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. That was like, one, like two years, I think. Whatever. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like I said, you came in, you walked in today just talking shit about this weekend series. Bad. And I was like, I, I just stared at you with a blank face. Like, I could literally care less about what happens this weekend. Hey, you, you I might watch the matchup. I yeah. might watch tomorrow. Or Friday, wherever it is you're listening to, if you watch Friday, or if you're listening to beforehand. Time travel. Lance Lynn and uh, Kyle Hendricks. That slow pitching fuck is going to get beat the fuck out of them. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see what's up with that performance. Bet the Saturday, over. Rodon and Alzali. Okay. Bet the okay. over for Lance Lynn. I can fuck case. with that one. I can fuck with that one. But overall, 
If the fucking Cubs get swept, I I, I could care less. You know, you could really care less. I feel like you're going to be watching, and then like a few innings in, if the Sox are winning, you're going to be okay with walking away. If the Cubs are winning, though, you're going to be like, I, when do I, they blow it? That or you're <laughs> going to be like, I got to keep watching this shit. Like, I need I need one last fucking straw to grasp to and shit. When Patrick Wisdom takes Lance Lynn deep, when uh, what what's the, what the fuck Hennessy uh. <laughs> with uh Janashwi when he when Fargus takes him deep when Frank Schwindle takes him deep not stop, Schwindy. stop playing me not Schwindy. be playing and then my my and then the homie Manuel Ramirez hey that ass Manuel Rodriguez coming in throwing that heat if if Schwindel hits a home run tomorrow Friday I will buy you a bottle of 1942 <laughs> Deal, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got nothing to lose. Fuck it. Like, gee, if he if he just smacks one off a of Lance Lynn, does it have to be off Lance Lynn or just at all? If he goes deep tomorrow, Lance Lynn or one of the ponytail gang. Okay, which he might. Which there's a good chance we we, uh, we we get to see the ponytail game because Lance Lynn doesn't. Uh, although he throws a lot of pitches, doesn't really go too deep. He a big motherfucker. That's how he gets through it. Generally, generally <laughs> six innings, maybe seven. I don't right. know. So you just get me a beer if you lose. Deal. <laughs> All right. Man, make it even odds, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fucking baseball. I'd be surprised if we get a hit. <laughs> I'm just glad that you're this, like, broken. It's not even about being broken, man. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's baseball. It's the Part business. It. It's the business of baseball. It only hurts because of like I, I I detailed earlier about them growing up through the system, but after that, it's like no. But the indi- all right, cool. Let's fucking keep keep moving. The in, I know the indif- the indifference of the season still kind of hurts you. I know you want to root for the Cubs. You want to. Yes, it's like ingrained in you. It's right. just who you are. Right. So it's I know I know you're like mentally you're like I I understand why they did it, but you're still like I want to fucking root for the Cubs. I do, and I just don't know if they're going to give me anything to root for going forward. At least for this year, obviously. Look at you not being a toxic person. <sighs> I'm really not. I, I can let go. But here I am watching fucking... Baby, come back. Watching Yankee games and Mets games. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Is he still wearing the gloves I gave him? And some, <laughs> and, uh, some giant games. Chris Bryant had a, had a fucking RBI double in the top of the eighth. I wonder if that held up. I forgot to check the final score on that, but yeah. I mean, I'm always going to, I posted it, I think, that weekend. I'm always going to root for Javi and Rizzo and KB. Like, those, like, like I said, fuck them. We grew up with those guys. I grew up with them. They grew up with me. They don't know who I am. But we rooted them out. We, we cheer for them all throughout this experience, and they're going to go down as fucking Cubs legends because they won the World Series. Uh, San Francisco Giants, great. Uh, Chris Bryant did double to left at the mm-hmm. top of the 10th. Down and, the line. I was watching it. And Like I said. And won the game. I'm being toxic to myself and hurting myself by watching these games yeah. and San Francisco rooting for those great. guys. Cause I would rather root for those guys, honestly, than anything the Cubs. the Cubs do the rest of this fucking year. Fucking Get, uh, let me just <laughs> let me just watch the old guys for the rest of this year and then figure out what they're doing in in, in the next season, either, in the off season, and then next year I'll I'll pick up. Where I left off with Frank either, Schwindel. Either that or you have to get... Schwindel might be it, but you have to get one guy that you just absolutely hate for no reason and blame everything on. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like me and Larry Garcia, now Lori, because he hit 250 for a week. It might be Lori. Frank. It might be Frank. And it's not the personal Frank Schwindel, if by some miracle you're listening to this. It's not the personal. But I literally saw the lineup at work <laughs> and out loud 
said, who the fuck is Frank Schwindel? And why is he playing first base for me right now? <laughs> Dude. So it might be him. Just just off that experience. Shit, when the White Sox traded for Carlos Hernandez, I was just happy. I was just like, that That just means less playing time for fucking like, Leori Garcia. Yeah, put some respect on that. Yeah, Leori Garcia. Hey, fuck you, Lord. You're still going to have to pay, <laughs> pay a fucking <laughs> bottle. You chill dumbass saying he's going to hit 270. He's yeah, hitting, that, was, that was a bit of a stretch there. He's hitting 242 for the season, and mm. he's going to have less at-bats coming up because mm. of uh, my boy, Pantera, Luis Robert, coming back probably next week. He's not coming back for the Cubs series. No, I don't, everybody was hoping for that, but La Russa put a stop to that real quick. Yeah, he said he said Sunday they're going to figure out if he's going to come back or not. I honestly think that they're going to hold him out until Thursday. Are you, Thursday is the Field of Dreams game. He'll make his, his debut there. That'll be a good storyline yeah, for, who is it, saying. Fox? Fox yeah. doing that game? Yeah, that'll be a good storyline for them. I know that they're probably hoping that, that that's the case. I feel like it would make sense. Like, hey, fuck it. Like, we're going to bring you up for this uh, pivotal, not pivotal, quote unquote, game. This, like, pretty cool game that's going to be cool for the first inning, inning and a half or two. And it's going to be like, all right, you're in a fucking cornfield, G. Yeah, for, <laughs> for, for real. Like, it's going to be fine for the start of the game. After that, it's like, all right, cool. Like, no one's going to have cell phone reception there. Like, we don't the care. Fuck? Yeah. Are we going to need, like, fucking tweeted videos out or something? Who knows? It's going to be pretty cool. Your boy Rizzo is going to be there. so Yeah. So maybe I will watch the entire game. <laughs> <sighs> you worried about college Rodon at all? Nah. I'm well, worried about... Only G- going four innings the last two starts? I'm worried about Giolito more than... Really? Rodon. Yeah. Rodon just he got, got fucking hammered against the Royals. And, yeah. And the shit talk I... I I just like shit, shit talking certain people, especially the people that Lord likes, which is hilarious because... As soon as he he said uh, someone that you guys got was good or something, was it Madrigal? He was just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, he's pretty good. <laughs> and you were just like, fuck, now I know we lost the trade. Exactly, yeah. He, Lord supports him. Yeah. Oh, boy. I know he, I'm in trouble. He's a big Giolito fan, so I just like talking shit. The fact that Giolito has a worse ERA than Dylan C's. Giolito gave up six earned runs on Wednesday. But that was the first time he gave up more than two runs in a month. So, I mean, you can look at it any way you like. Against the Brewers, I think they scored four runs. Three were unearned, and it was just like a hard hit shit. Semantics, you know? It's fine. It's a make or miss league. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) It's like we've been talking once a week for the past three months. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, and the cool thing is we we spoke about it last week. It's going to be a hard schedule following. Oh, yeah. Following the fucking scrubs. It's going to be. God damn it. It's going to be actual teams that are going to be in the playoff hunt. I honestly hope that we fucking bury the Yankees. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I think they're somewhat scary of a team, especially if it's... With Rizzo? Yeah, honestly, he's with Rizzo, Gallo. Although Gallo without a beard, I don't think he's hit a home run yet. We all know that that's where we all get our power from. That's true. That's why Cap is weak as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I I I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> setting that one up. I was just saying like hey, that, that whenever I shave my listen, beard, so whenever I shave my beard, I look like a fucking egg. Like my the shape of my head, <laughs> this doesn't work well for me. So I gotta keep a beard. Boy, if you don't get your Minecraft head ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mean, aside from looking forward to that those series for the White Sox with those competitive teams, like, is there anything else you want to like set up for them? At least going into September, or or maybe just for them to survive that run of teams. Uh, yeah, I'd be okay if they honestly like are five hundred with it. 
I know mm-hmm. it's not a lofty expectation, but if they if they land five hundred, it just shows that they're gonna win some of those games. Um, I honestly want them to go in healthy, and that's all that matters to me into the playoffs. If they go in there healthy, I think they're gonna have enough time to start clicking. Uh, once yeah, as I actually was taking batting practice the other day, he wasn't really putting much weight on his swing, but uh, I mean, if he comes back. Luis Robert is hopefully coming back next week if there's no setbacks. Eloy Jimenez had a, an RBI double, I think, today or something like that. If if everyone starts clicking, it's going to be a dangerous lineup because I think they're already like fifth in runs or something like that. And that's without Eloy Jimenez being in there all year, Luis Roberts being in there a majority of the year. Carlos Hernandez has a, you know more, more pop in his bat than Nicky Madrigal. But yeah, he's in there if he's not hitting 110 batting average and actually get some hits instead of just <laughs> going OBP crazy. Right. Uh, although, you know what, if you put him batting second, he might be a good fit just because TA doesn't get a lot of pitches. He's very aggressive, so he swings. But if he gets on base, you got this motherfucker like, it's going to take 15 pi- or I think he averaged eight or nine pitches at bat, which is f- fucking a lot. It's a lot of pitches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it allows, you know, pitcher to get worn down a bit and then you had to bray you. Eloy, Luis Robert, Carlos Hernandez beat the fuck out of pitchers. Dangerous lineup indeed. You know who else has a dangerous lineup now? The Chicago Bulls. And luckily we have someone that's way smarter than us with uh, Cam to help talk to us about it. Yeah, big day for the Bulls and all the moves they made. And of course, in the NBA and the free agency. So of course, we had to hit up our guy, Cameron Smith. Where can we, where can we follow him? You follow him at Cameron Smith on Twitter. He's a great follow. He really knows his stuff. So enjoy. The Chicago Bulls did not waste any time on Monday when the NBA free agency window opened up, and they made a big splash by pretty much flipping their entire roster, it seems like. And here to talk about all the moves they made, you've heard him here before, it's Cameron Smith, who covers the NBA for Stadium and the MSG Networks. Cam, thanks so much for joining us here on Yap Chicago. Yeah, man, it's always love coming on Yap Chicago, man. Edgar, my man, and of course, Lee. It's always fun, man. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Thank you, thank you. All right, so... We all know that Lonzo was a primary target, which it seems like going back to last year, they've had their eye on Lonzo, and they landed their guy. We all know what he's going to bring, but a a guy that we didn't really quite see coming was DeMar DeRozan. What exactly can we expect from DeRozan at this point in his career? Listen, um, when I first got news that DeMar DeRozan was coming to Chicago through uh, my guy Sean Serrani over at Stadium, who always, like, delivers, you know, some of the best inside information that he was first going in. Um, it, w- it didn't seem real at first because in Chicago, we've been used to just, <clears throat> excuse me, in Chicago, we've been used to just the front office just being incompetent and not really going after a star. And I think DeMar DeRozan is a star in the NBA. I don't think he's a superstar, but he's a star. He's at that tier. But it's really been a lot of misses for Chicago getting a star. And if we did get a star, like Dwayne Wade or if you even want to go further back in the day, like a Jalen Rowe in free agency or in the off season or during the season when, you know, like uh, train would go down, they would be past their prime. So you wouldn't get like that person that you thought would be the guy for your team. But when the DeMar DeRozan news came down and came out, immediately I thought of our tourist kind of show this and Mark Eversley because they're from office that is kind of similar like to, like, you know, Michael Corleone and the Godfather. So all my Godfather fans will feel me when I make this comparison. Yeah. 
if you know the Godfather, you know that Michael Corleone never showed his hand. You never knew what he was thinking, especially when it came to the other families and when they conspired to really set up Michael Corleone and kind of get him out the game and just wash their hands of the Don and Michael Corleone and all that. But the great thing about what the Corleone family did was they kept the cars tucked in the chest, never really showed any true emotions, and they just started to pick people off one by one. And that's all too often our tourists kind of showed us that Mark Eversley did with free agency. Like, first, you know, a lot of the post that you heard was about the Bulls wanting Lonzo, they need a point guard, which is, you know, rightfully true. It's 100% a fact. And that Kobe White is not the point guard that this team needed because Kobe White is more so a scorer and sitting that role like a Jordan Clarkson, a Lou Williams, a Jamal Crawford. Not saying that he's that, but he's very fit for coming off the bench and providing a score punch in that way instead of being a starting point guard in the NBA. When you're playing with a guy like Zach Levine, he needs his touches, he needs his shots, and he needs his points. Excuse me. But then when they made the trade at the trade deadline to bring in Nikola Vucevic from Orlando, you have another guy in that fold that needs his shots, needs his touches, needs his points. So Kobe's better suited for the bench role, right? Uh, and so the front office lands, lands Lonzo. Now you're thinking, okay, what's the next move for this team? Oh, they can add a veteran here, they can add a veteran there, what's the starting line is going to be? You didn't really hear until maybe a few days before the DeMar DeRozan deal go down that the Bulls were really starting to target him and really that DeMar DeRozan, an L.A. guy, wanted to come to cold-ass Chicago <laughs> to play basketball. I mean, like, that, that's a real thing, people. If you don't believe that NBA players don't look at the location and destination of a team they potentially could go to, then you're fooling yourself. So, like, if you had the option to go to a Miami as opposed to the Minnesota, you're going to go to Miami 100% of the time unless you have some strong Minnesota ties, right? Yeah, so you're so. always going to pick – yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> you will always pick kind of like the better destination. Um, that's warm weather, especially with DeMar. Uh, a little up in age. He's not over the hill. He's not a guy that, like, that we're getting past his prime. He's still serviceable and can provide a lot for uh, an NBA team. We saw that in San Antonio the three seasons he was there. But this is a guy that, you know, this warm weather, you know, for all the old folks and old heads out there that can play ball, you play better when, when your body's warm and, you, you know, you, your legs are warm and just the weather's good. It just brings a smile on your face. So you would think that he would choose that destination over a destination where in the Midwest. It's cold. He's really never spent any time and doesn't have any true connections with him. We heard that DeMar uh, – was considering the Lakers, he was considering the Miami Heat, and the Bulls are in there as well. But, you know, in Chicago, like, you know, there's, there's no way we're not getting DeMar DeRozan because he has the options of Miami, who's really positioned to win the NBA championship. And, of course, the Lakers with LeBron that are, you know, still considered, even though they're a little bit up there in age, um, still considered one of the favorites. So him choosing the Bulls in our tour, on that front office, the Bulls front office, being able to pull that off, uh, it's, it's straight out of, out of the handbook of Michael Corleone and the Godfather because nobody saw this coming. It really rattled the NBA. I'm not going to say shook the NBA and gave like a strong like arms around the shoulders and shake back and forth to let everybody know that the Bulls are serious and that they're for real. So this is a uh, a huge move for them and what they're doing and what they're building. And they really have a legitimate team that could that will be a bit, be a playoff team. I long record to say that. Um, and where they land in the playoffs, honestly, it would be between a 
four to six feet, depending on how things shape out. Of course, you have to you have to factor in injuries, and, and, and hopefully, this is the season that you know injuries don't play a, a significant part of this summer did last season. But um, if all injuries aside, this team is, is a legit four to six seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And, and I totally agree. I think DeRozan is a star, not a superstar. Um, I think he's going to be a good fit as well because he's going to take some of the scoring honus off of Zach Levine. But the one thing that I am a little bit worried about, uh, once again, I'm the negative one here. Um, <laughs> the, only, the, the only thing I'm a little bit worried about is the draft capital that they gave up, not only for DeRozan, but also for Vuciman. So now we're essentially cut for what, I believe it's the next four years, possibly, where our uh, first-round draft picks are going to be given away. Um, I, I felt like we did a steal with Alonzo only giving up basically a second. But with DeRozan and this trade, accompanied with the Vuciman trade, are you concerned at all about the amount of draft picks that we've given up? Um, you can be concerned about that, but with the NBA now discourse in general, it's, it's really to the point where it's win now, right? And we've seen that across the board with a lot of franchises, no matter sport it is. And I think the, think the Bulls are trying to position themselves to win now. And so even though you're giving up those draft picks, listen, if the Bulls become a destination where players want to come in free agency, then depending on how the success that they have this upcoming season and however long they have, Nikola Vucevic or Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, it's going to become a new destination where free agents come. So, I mean, depending on what the draft class shakes out as and the success of the Bulls, that, that, that draft position kind of varies, right? So I think the front office banking on, is banking on making the playoffs and really having a solid round. I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals and they're going to make the NBA Finals and have a real shot at the championship. If you're thinking that, stop gassing yourself. That's that's a big cap. Like you're not, you know, that's something that you shouldn't be doing. But I think what they're trying to do is bring some positivity back to the city of Chicago and make it a destination where free agents want to come to play. Now, how that sets up for them through free agency in the off season, we've already seen that the front office is competent and knows what moves to make to bring certain guys in to make it work as a whole. You have Zach Levine's situation with him and wanting that extension and him saying that he wants his respect. I get all that. He's coming off his first time all-star appearance. He's done it with a goal. Yes, I'm on record saying the team USA will avenge their loss against France in Tokyo and win the gold and gold medal game. Um, so this is a, this is a guy that understands that he's worth a certain dollar amount. Will the Bulls be able to give him that? I doubt it, so it's going to be about sacrifice on that end. But if they win, everybody's happy, right? So I think it's more so with this front office of trying to position themselves as making Chicago that sexy spot to go to. Of course, they can play on the ball, you know, like the Jordan and playing in the city and the United Center and the history of Chicago Bulls. Like that all plays a part into luring free agents to Chicago to play for this team. So I'm not too concerned when it comes to giving up graphics, because if you look at their roster, it's still a fairly young roster when you think about it, right? You think about Patrick Williams. I'm not sure what Laurie Markin's situation is going to look like. Like, even, uh, again, like a guy, Sean Chirano, from Oklahoma Stadium, is reporting that Minnesota is planning uh, to sign into an offer sheet. You know, Laurie is a, a uh, restricted free agent. So, oh, I'm sorry, Charlotte, excuse me, not Minnesota. Charlotte is going to sign into an uh, a offer sheet. 
So I doubt the Bulls match it, but at the same time, I think that Auburn she is nothing outrageous, and the Bulls can bring him back, and hopefully Laurie can play, have a great season and open his guys. But you think about those pieces and Laurie Marketing, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, uh, I don't assume a Chicago kid that's going to be able to provide an impact for them if he gets into the rotation, depending on how that guard rotation shakes out. Zach Levine is super young. Uh, not super young, excuse me, but he's still kind of like getting towards those mid-20s. So he's in a spot now where uh, you're going to see an elevation of his game from what you've seen last year. Again, as I mentioned earlier, first-time All-Star. I think this upcoming season, you're going to see the maturation of him as a player. DeMar DeRozan still has some juice left in his legs. Of course, Nikola Vucevic is a nightmare for anybody that matches up with him. So they have those pieces where they're still young, they're still fresh, and they can still have guys come in uh, that's free agents to, to help this team out. So I, I give it to San Lee's with the picks and, and, and giving them up. But listen, we haven't seen, again, a competent front office in Chicago for the Bulls <laughs> in a minute. So for them to be able to make these moves and say, okay, well, that's cool. You know, we're going to sacrifice a little bit by giving up the draft picks. They see the bigger picture with where they want to take this team. Hey, don't don't talk about my boy Feliciano like that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's still lingering around the United hey. Center taking pictures with Ronaldinho, man. <laughs> hey, man, Cristiano Feliciano. Hey, he got his money. He's living his life. More power hey, to him. Live, live it up, Chris. Live it up. Hey, that's, it's not it's not your fault. You earned that money. The Bulls decided to give you that dollar amount. Someone thought live it up, brother. Yeah. Someone thought he earned it. That's for sure. <laughs> Right, right, right. Cam, you touched on it earlier when you said that the Bulls are probably a four or six seed. And based on the the 59 people that voted on my poll on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at EP773 (laughs) underscore. There we go. go. People agree with you. So with that being said, how do you think they're matching up with the other teams that seem to be floating around that seat, like the Miamis, the Knicks, maybe the Atlantis? Yeah, I think um, depending on what that matchup is, if they end up in a 4-5 matchup, it could potentially be a mix or honestly, it could be a Philly, right? I mean, because they, yeah. as 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 horribly as Ben Simmons played in the playoffs, especially against the Hawks where he just wouldn't shoot the basketball, uh, Philly is not the same Philly team that we saw last season that finished first in the East. I mean, they finished 49 and 23, which is a hell of a record. Finished game, or one game above Brooklyn. I don't think that they'll be that team that finishes right up there. And what we're going to see is a Brooklyn team that honestly could, you know, depending on health, and, you know, you can go either way with that because you just never know. But with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, um, a more motivated Joe Harris, right? I mean, they have some pieces. They added Patty Mills in free agency. This is a team that has a year under their belt that will get better. And we see this time and time again, especially in today's game, where the super teams, and I'm putting my air quotes, even though you can't see me, I'm putting air quotes in the air right now in the hall. These super teams that get together, it's really hard for them to win a championship in that first season. So I think they'll be an even tougher team to defeat. And I think they'll get that one seed. Milwaukee coming off a championship line. They'll be either two or three. And honestly, that three spot is either between Atlanta or Miami. Seeing how Atlanta played in the Eastern Conference Final and the additions that Miami made with Kyle Lowry, 
They picked up P.J. Tucker. They signed Jimmy Robinson. Jimmy Butler's coming back. He doesn't have as much responsibility as he did for the last season. They re-signed Victor Oladipo. Miami has some great pieces in line for them to make a strong run in the East. And so that's why I get to the Bulls. They either four or five with the Knicks or with Philly um, in that position for that matchup. Could they drop down to six and, and face, a, face a Miami or Atlanta in a 3-6 matchup? That could possibly be it. But as we saw this past season in the playoffs, you, you never know. Like As wild and as unhealthy um, in so many ways, uh, just dealing with the pandemic and injuries as well, you never know how things can shake up. Like nobody had Atlanta making, making it to each conference final against Milwaukee. Nobody had Milwaukee making it except for those who lived in Milwaukee. And they're making it to the NBA championship along with Phoenix and Milwaukee make, winning the championship. So uh, you, you just, when you get in those positions, you never know how things will shake out. So kind of show this and Mark, Mark Eversley and of course Billy Donovan, um, if they get in that spot, you, you play the game for a reason, right? I mean, what's on paper is on paper, but you have to go out there and actually play uh, those 48 minutes and get it done. And I think the Bulls would find themselves in either a 3 6 matchup with Miami or Atlanta or a 4-5 matchup with the Knicks or the Sixers. I, I, I would be shocked. I would be very shocked if they ended up as a 7 or 8 seed or even a 9 or 10 seed to be a playing tournament for the playoffs. I think those teams really come down to either Boston, Indiana, Charlotte, and maybe, maybe Toronto. And you know what? My thing is the fact that all the teams that we brought up are teams that you know, pick someone up in the offseason, made some trades. And we already spoke about the Bulls signings, Bulls trades. What would you say is the biggest, outside of the Bulls organization, what would you say is the biggest or most important signing that happened in the offseason? It could be something as big as Russ Westbrook, Kyle Lowry to the Heat, or even a small signing like Malik Muck to the Lakers just so they could get some outside shooting. What would you say is the most important thought in your head? I would say right now, honestly, it would be Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. Seeing how Russ played with Brad Beal in Washington and how they made them competitive and then making the playing tournament in the East. And you got to keep this in mind. Like the East was not the East that we remember back in the day where it was just like, you know, a trash conference and you're barely skating by and you can win 26 games and lose, you know, 35 or 48 or whatever it is and still make the playoff. Like, <laughs> That's like that's that, that's not the East anymore. It's it's it's, it's a really competitive uh, conference, especially when you think about it in comparison to the West. And it just shows in how Milwaukee was able to truly dominate and sweep Phoenix in four straight games to win the NBA championship. So um, I would say how Russ played with Washington, having them make the play-in tournament, again um, being the all-time assist guy in the NBA history, which was phenomenal. But I think we saw a growth from Russ that we didn't think was really possible, right? Because there were a lot of question marks when he went to Washington and how that was going to work out with Brad Neal. And even just through uh, my sources that, uh, with the women's coaching staff, that Russ was one of the best teammates that Brad Neal had, but also one of the best teammates that they ever had um, in today's age of the Washington Wizards franchise. So it just lets you know uh, where Russ is mentally and what he's trying to do to help himself, but also the team. So I think he brings that same mentality to the Lakers with Brian, with AD, now Dwight Howard. They bring in Malik Monk, as you said, leave um, all great pickups in the offseason. They have for this squad. Even though they lose Kuzma, Montreal, 
I don't think that those are as big casualties as a lot of people think, right? A lot of people waiting for Kyle Kuzma to turn around and be that guy for L.A., but I don't think that him in that situation really helped his growth. I think it, it really stunted his growth because you're going to have a guy like LeBron that's going to command a lot of attention in terms of what he brings to the court. And we saw it so many times when it was Cleveland or Miami. If you're the third or the fourth, God forbid you're the fifth guy, you're really not going to have an impact and really grow your game. Um, you really have to be that that second, maybe third guy to really have an impact on the team when you're playing with LeBron. So, you know, Kuzma being being gone and Harold being gone, he really didn't have much of an impact. Um, and they really couldn't play him, especially in the playoffs when he went up against Phoenix, just because he defensively he was just on an island. Uh, you don't lose much with those guys. There's no disrespect to both of those players. Like they earn the positions in the NBA. But when you bring in a guy like Wilson Westbrook, it allows LeBron to breathe a little more off the ball and take less responsibilities off his shoulders to one, initiate offense, two, create for himself and others, but then three, be this physical presence as we've always seen on LeBron. Like he can take that responsibility, responsibility, excuse me, off of, off of the shoulders, and Russ can take back on a little bit as well. And at the end of the day, Russ is back home in LA. Right. I mean, we know how we all feel when we make it back to our respective, you know, hometown. You know, whether if you're going off on vacation or you're going out overseas or whatever it is, leaving there's the a wizards. certain energy. <laughs> leaving the Wizards, like you know, you're all the way over the east of DC, and DC is a beautiful city. I got a lot of people over there that are, that I consider family, but it's different when you're able to come back home and play for your hometown team and get that L.A. letter, as I mentioned, with the Marvel Rose, and the other Rodgers of Miami or the Lakers, to have that sun hitting your face and hitting your skin, you have to bring your faces around you, a team that I'm sure that does grew up kind of idolizing as a kid. It is different, man. So you bring in a different energy to the game. So that's why I think Russ uh, will be able to help the Lakers in a lot of ways. I'm going to help them in a lot of ways to win a championship, that's another conversation because I just don't think that they have enough shooting around them, even though they bring in Malik Monk. I don't think they have enough shooting around them and defense around them. And of course, Carmel Anthony bring him in with another deal. They don't have shooting and defense enough around them to make a run. And we're talking about not even just a run, but a marathon to an NBA championship. Well, speaking of the hometown kid, we all saw the Bulls take Ayo Dosumu in the second round of this draft with the only pick they had in this draft, because obviously they lost the, their first-round pick. But how do you describe the growth of Io from when the time you spent covering him in Morgan Park to his time in Illinois? Yeah, you said Edgar, growth is the perfect description of Io and who he is as a person, but also, also as a basketball player. And, and I was fortunate to, to, as you mentioned, cover him throughout his high school career, starting at Westinghouse High School on the west side of Chicago. And, and if you know anything about Chicago basketball, you know, the Western House back in the day used to be a powerhouse. You think of Mark McGuire, uh, the Bailey brothers, Ted Banks, uh, Marcus Ellis, DeAndre Thomas. There's so many players uh, that came through that, that, that program, that high school, school that went on to do phenomenal things uh, collegiately, but also in the NBA. And I can't forget about Eddie Johnson, who played for the University of Illinois um, and had a long run in the NBA. So they've had a, a, just a history of producing great guards. And as a freshman, I was a little bit on the radar because there was a lot of more hype guys uh, in front of them. They got more pub, they were a little more flashy. But the one thing that I know about Io 
and watching him play as a freshman is that he fought the game differently. It wasn't more about flash. It was more about getting the job done. And that's something that he carried with him when he transferred to Morgan Park and was able to do some phenomenal things uh, for them um, in the Chicago Public School. Uh, of course, they went on to win uh, multiple state championships. And he's just a kid that, that gets it. And it's, it's hard to to have a kid like that at a young age as a teenager that understands, one, who he is, but then, two, where he wants to go. And I think that's a big credit to his family, uh, Jamar and Kwan uh, Sumo, who are phenomenal people. Um, he just has a, a great coming around him that allows him to uh, just be more mature than a lot of players and a lot of kids at that age. So that helped him make that transition from high school to college and playing for Illinois and really stepping into that role. And not even his role, but stepping into that savior spot for a program that needed a savior. Like, they needed a hero. And I know that Sumo was able to put them back on the map. So him staying in Chicago, playing for the Bulls, you know he was drafted 38th in the second round, which was a travesty because I thought he was a first-round pick, especially after the season that he had. And this is like no knock to Io, but you, you look at a guy like Jalen Brunson when he came out of Villanova, right? I mean, he's coming off of winning two NCAA championships. He was uh, player of the year. You know, I think he won the Acuzzi Award. When he came out in the draft, I think he was drafted 32nd or 33rd for Dallas. But it ended up working out for him because he had a great system with an average. And he's playing major minutes, even though he comes off the bench. But he's playing a starter's role, especially when you think about the responsibility. I think in due time, with I.L., he could have a similar impact to Jalen Brunson off the bench. If it's with the Bulls, that would be great because that just adds to the, you know, Cinderella home penalty story. But if it's with another franchise, then he'll be that. I.L. is just a guy that understands what it takes to be successful and survive. And, we, and I've been able to see that on every level from high school to college. I'm sure I'll see the pro in just the through conversations that I've had with him, interviews and just personal conversations, again, you think that you're speaking to a 45-year-old man that has a mortgage, two <laughs> kids, been married for 10 years, and just understands what life is about. And not to, you know, throw, throw, throw the wash tag on, on IO, but just, he, he just has that maturity about him. So uh, he, he's a great kid, and I think it'll, it'll work out fine with him in the board. That's awesome, man. Um and it's pretty cool to hear that you actually covered him from the Mar- Morgan Park years to now, you know, from high school. Uh, someone that was, you know, very important in my time when I was in high school is your namesake, Killa Cam. Not sure if you watch. <laughs> not sure if you watched the verses this week. Did you actually watch? Them? I, I definitely, I definitely watched it. Edgar and I had our conversations the other day in the stadium, and I was hurt because I've always said that the camera made my name cool because you spell it the same way. <laughs> Even though I don't have to be like the hyphen in between the M and the R, but still it's spelled C-A-M-R-O-N. I always said that camera made my name cool. So I always hated my name until camera came out with horse and carriage and all of that. So I'm like, yeah, call me camera instead of camera. <laughs> so I, so I, was, I was hurt. I'm not sure if you guys saw the picture of the bird. Like the eel did on the ground on the grass. <laughs> I was, when that when that came out and, and it hit uh, social media virally, I was hurt, man. So, but it's man, the the locks reminded me of, of who they were and how many hits they had. Like I literally, Edgar, after we had that conversation, sat my car in the parking lot, searched some of the lock songs, downloaded them, and just 
went driving around Chicago just like listening to 24 Hours to Live or We Gonna Make It <laughs> or um, I'm not gonna curse on here but you know some other songs that the Locks have titled that have some curse words on there man so um yeah, it was it was it was a dope verse. Yeah, yeah. One of the best verses of all time. You had that Jadakiss energy on the way on the way home. That's dangerous, oh, 100%. man. Uh, especially when we don't make it comes on. He's like, you know, he's gonna get little, you that little drop. He's gonna get you speeding down the street for no reason, man. He's gonna get you hype. I, listen, the, the Lord was looking out for me when I hit two ninety <laughs> west going back home, man, because I. That that foot got a little heavy on the gas. Man, I was I was a big Dipset fan when I was a kid, so. Like a whole bunch of friends came out of the woodwork just to talk shit to me. <laughs> I got a lot of like, I got a lot of the uh, Jada Kiss fucking posted up like Kobe. Uh, the other one where uh, they they had the crying Jordan meme face on the uh, Diplomats Eagle logo. Yeah, I was just yeah, like, come on, too. man. I saw that too, and that was like you know we all remember our time in high school, kind of like junior senior year, maybe that freshman sophomore year in college. That was kind of like that for me, the Dipset era. Where it was heavy, where it's like, you know, with the tang and the shirts mm-hmm. and the bandanas and all of that. And I remember a quick story. So, freshman year, I get to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. I get introduced to my roommate who's from the South Suburbs in Chicago, Chicago in area. So, talking back and forth, I had family that already were, uh, were uh, uh, attending Southern Illinois. So, they kind of wanted to take us around and show us the campus and introduce us to, you know, some of the people in classrooms that they knew, of course, some of the ladies out there, just kind of get acquainted with them. And so before we left out of our dorm room, my roommate, Yari, I'm not going to say any last names, I'm not sure if people <laughs> have that for him, but my roommate, Yari, who's from the South Suburbs, jumped up and he had already had his stuff moved in and chose his side of the room. So I was like, all right, cool, I can't make it all good. But he jumped up, put on... Dip set, dip set, dip set, dip, <laughs> ah, like that. And I'm like, yo, it was like, all right, that's at the tone of what we're about to do and walk around the campus. So, like, that was, that was fall of 2003. So, that was, that was like the era of the set. And it was, it was, it was just over tail. So, to see them go down in flames and to see the eagle fall down in such a tragic way, it, it hurt me <laughs> the other day. But, it, but then it also reminded me of this again, like how dope the locks are, but then how, Phenomenal, and just iconic Jadakiss is, especially with his bar. I just kind of want to leave it on a, a lighthearted note, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ha- halfway through that, uh, halfway through that verse, as Lee's put away his Joel's ben- Joel Santana bandana real quick. <laughs> yeah, low, low key, there might be uh, photos on my Facebook that have me with a bandana on and shit. So. <laughs> well, we might dig it up. We might dig it. We might dig it up and post it somewhere. Right, 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 <laughs> that right, that right, might right, have to right, be right. the uh, splash page for the social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture um, for, like, um, one of my senior photos in high school, man, even though it was a Rockefeller shirt, but I had, like, the oversized Rockefeller-like collared shirt, short sleeve shirt with the big-ass jeans with the, the hammer, the, the two-man hook on the side of the jeans with the wheat Tims, <laughs> like, full Rockefeller East Coast dip set vibes on that joint. <laughs> you had to do it back then, I guess, right? Yeah, you had to. Like, if, exactly. you, did, if you didn't, it was like, you know, like, what are you, what are you listening to? Who, who are you? Right. What's going on? <laughs> You listen, you listen to NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? <laughs> well, you can follow him on Twitter, at Cameron Smith. Cam, we want to thank you so much for hopping on with us and talking all the Bulls moves and also just what it was like to cover Io as he was coming up through the game and now on the Bulls. 
Always love Edgar Lee. Thank you so much for having me on Yes Chicago. Shout out to Yes Chicago. Doing some major things in the city. If you're not in tune, get in tune. I'm looking at you funny right now if you're not in tune. Like, what are you doing <laughs> with your life? Like, get in tune with my guys, man. Thank you for having me. My bro, thanks, Cam. Big thanks to Cameron Smith. He always brings the fucking heat. Fuck what you got to say, Lee's. Because <laughs> you never give me any useful shit to talk about when you it comes to basketball. To gamble, you don't give me any credit. <laughs> You bring, you bring nothing basketball-wise. Says the make-or-miss league guy. It's a make-or-miss league. Sometimes the shots go in. Sometimes it's your night, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, then let me ask you. Do you like what the Bulls did with uh, with drafting with drafting Io, with all the trades and pickups they did, getting Zach, getting DeRozan, getting Caruso, seemingly flipping their entire roster for a totally different one? I, I'm okay with it. Uh, a lot of fans are always title or bust. I honestly w- want to give credit to the front office with just saying we want to get better. Uh, it's something that our previous front office wasn't doing at all. Garpex was, they were like, wait, we're going to go for the big one. Wait, we're going to go for the big one. Wait, we're going to go for the big one. Oh, shit, Derek Rose is hurt. Wait, <laughs> we're going to go for the big one. Wait, we're going to go for the big one. Oh, shit, Jimmy Butler wants to leave. Yeah. So, they just waited too long. This front office is saying, you know what, we have to show the league that this is actually somewhere people want to go and take our money. Because, yeah, God damn, right. three years, $85 million is a lot for DeMar DeRozan. That's but, a lot. But it's going to be a splash of fresh water to the face of Bulls fans because it's going to be an awesome offensive team. Our defense is going to stink, but true, that's okay. I, I mean, you never know. Zach Levine in the Olympics is their defensive stopper. You know, he may yeah. come back, play some real defense, but it's got Alec Caruso out there. You know, he's going to you know, make, or, make it stops. or miss it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I honestly think Lonzo Ball is a perfect fit for Zach Levine. Yeah. He, he's a good size to be able to defend the point and two guard, which if Zach Levine can't, he'll be able to take over, uh, you know, defending the harder, the harder uh, player. Yeah. Um, he doesn't need the ball. Uh, he's great in spacing, so he'll be able to set shit up on the fast break in the half court. He doesn't need the ball. He's okay with being in the corner, and when he gets the ball, deciding if he's going to drive, shoot the three, or kick it or somewhere else, which I think a smart thing that they're going to do is give the ball to Vucci main and have, Vucci. La- have Lonzo in the corner, the same corner that Vucci is posting up. That way, if... If Lonzo Ball's defender tries to help on Vucci, he can pass it out to Lonzo Ball. Easy three. If he doesn't, then... Or if he does uh, kick it to Lonzo Ball and the defender is close enough, he'll be able to actually just speed right past him. Uh, and Vucci can actually like box out a bit for you know the, the little illegal screens they do in the paint area. True. So that Lonzo Ball could get easy layups. I think it's just going to be all around a better team. Uh, with that being said... I brought it up. I am afraid of the picks that have been traded out. Can't be afraid because picks are picks. They're just like prospects. A lot of them bust. Uh, But it's going to be an awesome team to root for, actually. Man, Billy Donovan, put this guy on the fucking staff right now. Hell no. Lee just gave it to you you how you should expect to see this when NBA comes back. Honestly, we're talking about basketball because it was free agency and whatnot. I'm getting more pumped when it comes to all the shit that's coming out about Justin Fields, man. Justin Fields is everyone's talking about how it, we continue to get more and more and more good reports from Justin Fields about how, how he's the first person in, last person out. Is it a surprise? No, honestly, it's not. 
but it's just really nice to fucking hear. <laughs> yeah. The the only thing that worries me, or not worries me, but it's like you would like to know why did the other teams that were ahead of the Bears not draft him? Like the teams that drafted a quarterback. I would hope that it's just a fucking case of the NFL being the NFL. Some GMs just thinking they're smarter than others and taking the fucking guys. The boy band Zach ahead of Wilson. People. Taking Zach Wilson ahead. Although fucking uh, Trey Lance, there's a bunch of reports that he's fucking just blowing out Jimmy Garoppolo out in uh, San Francisco. Which, okay, it's yeah. fucking Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not exactly lighting the world on fire either. But you know, he's like Andy Dalton. He's average. Yeah. I, there's a lot of good shit about Andy Dalton, too. Jason Leisure was on uh, on the Marquee Network today, and he said, like, look, even with having Andy Dalton in there, it, the offense just looks way better than any time that Mr. Trubisky ran it. Yeah. So, like, we've, we've said this since the signing. Like, he's not going to suck. It's not going to be dynamic, but he's going to give you quality quarterback play. Right. Fucking professional. Right. But yeah, I, I hope that the reason why you fell was just fucking other GMs galaxy braining it and overthinking it. Yeah. Letting Aaron Rodgers drop to 20, whatever the fuck he fell to. Hey, motherfucker, did you see that pass that he threw? I'm, I'm not sure if everyone's on Twitter, but he threw a pass into a basket that was at least 40 yards away. Who? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, I did see that. That fucking that. teardrop of a fucking pass. Dude. It was nothing but net. And I was just like, why couldn't he just fucking <laughs> retire? You, hey, that Jeopardy money, you know, damn it, you Jeopardy. may want to go take that Jeopardy money instead. Fuck, man. They already got their host, too, Jeopardy. It was just the executive producer that took over. The fuck? Um, for Jeopardy. What's his name? I don't know his name. You got to know the executive producer of Jeopardy's name? Yes. No, I do not. LeVar Burton? Sure. No. I have no idea, dude. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right, my bad. Again, I don't side know. Sidetrack, sidetrack. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Justin Fields is creating a lot of buzz even for guys nationally lewis riddick is talking him up all over get up all over espn coming on local radio and talking him up and that's encouraging because he was one of the people that they yeah. were kind of looking for for gm too yep so the fact that he's not bad mouthing it because you know that gm position might become available next year mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's a good sign honestly i see what you're doing there <laughs> you mean you ain't sneaking past that yeah right i like that no, but uh, it, it's it's definitely obviously more exciting than I mean shit. When was the last time you were excited for a Bears quarterback when they traded for God? When they traded for Cutler, traded up. Yeah, just traded for Cutler. I remember where I was when they traded for Cutler. I was at a Lids in Ford City. <laughs> swear to God, and I was happy as fuck. I was with my boy Keith. Yeah, you know Keith. Shout out Keith. Yeah. Um, I got a tight or like uh, the old school alerts on your phone, and it was just like. Uh, Broncos made a trade, and I'm like, all right, cool, to the Bears. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like, let's fucking go. And he's been the best quarterback ever that we've had. Yeah. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, yes. I mean, Hall of Fame game is going on right now, but who gives a fuck? I give a fuck. Oh, well, not anymore. Fuck. The first half is over. I only bet the first half. You have a problem, G. Maybe. Do I have a problem for gambling preseason? 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL uh, preseason games? It's not even a Bears game. Did you win? Yes. Then it's not a problem. Exactly. Let's go. Like how you think. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears are. What, what are their? What is their first game? Next Saturday? Not this Saturday. Mm-mm. I think it next is week. next Saturday. So uh, our next week's show is definitely going to be a Bears breakdown. True. 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 Probably not. But yeah, Saturday. But it's definitely. We finally get to see Justin Fields in, in pads out there in the navy and orange doing work. Being the quarterback of the future, hopefully he's fucking lining people up. I would take the Bears already 
fucking money line or covering the spread if they're underdogs. Whatever. For week one? Yes. No, for uh, preseason <laughs> week one. <laughs> Sheesh. It's going to be the Justin Fields show all fucking weekend. Come on, now stop playing with me. I mean, it's the Justin Fields fucking show. You can't tell me any different. Uh, true. You can't tell me any different. From all the excitement, all the video clips, everything, it's nothing but good ass feedback. And I am fucking hyped good because advice. baseball season is dead. It's over. No one cares about baseball anymore. Is still alive. The Bears are back. The Bulls are back. Back to the Bulls real quick. Which I forgot to mention when we were talking about it. I heard, I saw a lot of people getting excited or even, again, it's the typical fan reaction, right? You get both sides of the of the reaction scale, I guess, of the spectrum. You got the naysayers are like, this is dumb. This team can compete. There's, there's no way they're winning a title with this team. Why the fuck they do this? The Bulls are dumb. And also, holy shit, look at this squad. It's going to be Bulls-Lakers in the finals. <laughs> I've seen the posters already. Right. So, in my own casual basketball fan view, we're not quite... This isn't a championship roster. And this also isn't a dumb move by the Bulls. What this did was put them in position to compete and attract other free agents. And also, I know we got nervous with the contracts, fucking giving DeMar DeRozan three years, $85 million, But they set themselves up perfectly. So... If ever one of the big names do choose to come to Chicago because they see the talent, they see what they're doing. They see this front office that's making moves and trying to be serious contenders. And when those superstars ask to be to get traded, they're like, yo, I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. The Bulls now have the pieces to trade to get someone in here because obviously we know NBA has to, salaries have to match. Yeah, to a certain point. Yeah. So the Bulls are setting this up to for the fans to get back into it, which is great for us as viewers, because like you said. This bull team is going to be fun as fuck to watch. And also, they're turning themselves into serious players in this league, not only just competing, also in the market. Everyone's going to take them serious. They're no longer the bulls, the Garpax bulls, the cheap bulls that don't want to do anything. Right. It's an exciting future for the bulls. Maybe not right now. It's going to be fun to watch now. But this is, I think, both a short-term play and a long-term play where it benefits both sides. So I I can see, like, your viewpoint and... It, it is good short-term as well as long-term. Short-term because the team gets better long-term because there's going to be people that are going to want to actually come play. Yeah. Um, the only shitty part is the lack of picks may represent a problem when it comes to trading because I can see maybe a year, year and a half if there's a disgruntled star, superstar, and they want to get traded, we can use his contract because it's such a large contract. It's going to be able to match up with a larger stars a la Damian Lillard, all the shit that they're talking about him wanting to leave. Yeah. Um, Bradley Beal is another one. But who's to say someone like Jason Tatum isn't like, fuck it, I want to leave because the Celtics suck ass or whatever if they have another bad year this year. What if next offseason he's the one that's like, I want to leave Boston? Because also I feel like it's it, – there's always going to be a superstar that's going to want to get out. Of course. They can use DeMar DeRozan's contract yep. to trade as well as other assets that they have. But the shitty thing is they're not going to have those first-round draft picks to trade because typically those trades are a piece plus 
draft picks. So you, you yeah, you, so you're looking at a sense of losing those picks in terms of currency for future trades. Yeah, everything. Not so much of them using those picks to build a team. No, I, I always look at everything like asset based, um, kind of like Daryl Morey, where it's like it's it's better to have them than obviously than to not. But sometimes it's right. better to have those first round pick assets, even if you can get a better player like DeMar DeRozan. It's better to have those those first round picks only because the value of those picks in the future is going to be more quote unquote important when it comes to a trade. Mm. But also I feel like nowadays cam cam's kind of making a good point where people don't really give a fuck about first round picks anymore because no. if you're good, it's going to be at the back end of the draft anyway. So who gives a fuck? The only shitty part is what if, what if something happens like the warriors last year where they end up getting the second pick and that was just a freak accident that happened yeah clay thompson clay thompson goes down dies again before the season no home run power huh damn (laughs) breaking news joey gallo just hit his home first home run with no beard you should have seen the fucking uppercut swing and i know that's what he god damn look at his forking head but like the fucking swing he put on that ball was the definition of an uppercut swing Damn this! <laughs> I'm just a fucking mush, man. No beard and all. Look at that, baby face Gallo. I'm a bush, Joy. I'm a mush, man. Joy Gallo just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1970s bush. Uh, Joy Gallo just hit a home run. So you know my whiskey picks are gonna be on fire when uh when those come up. Speaking of which, we did have to pay off those whiskey picks. I true, lost true. mine because uh, what the fuck did I pick? It was a UFC fight. Uh, Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall, they went the five rounds, but he couldn't get the victory. Honestly, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I was so disappointed because <laughs> I knew it was coming because of the fucking free agency. I knew I didn't want to watch anything, so I was like, ah, fuck it. I just threw out Uriah Hall, and then that hit. Did you you hit a you went for a parlay again, didn't you? Yeah, I think I hit like two of the three legs, and the other one, uh, the team lost zero to seven. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was close. Well, there you go. Let me let me get those makers ready. Makers. We lost, my mans. We don't take makers when we lose. Yeah, but we finished the bout already. Oh, how wrong you are. <laughs> Hold on. I was waiting for this. Uh, oh, God damn it. Look what I have here. A whole fucking handle. You hear that? <laughs> you hear that? That's uh, liquid of the gods. How many fucking ounces in this? <laughs> it's a big ass bottle <laughs> <laughs> of Montezuma gold that's how you know it's cheap that shit don't even have the liquid ounces on that bitch or anything we, we fucking upgraded shout out to our guy oscar torres he's a loyal listener he was hearing that we ran out of montezuma and he's hit me up he's like hey man i got a surprise for you i need you to come outside i'm like oh yeah cool surprise i like surprises <laughs> little did i know he's gonna hand me this gigantic handle bottle Montezuma and he's like yo I, 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 I heard the podcast I heard you guys ran out of Montezuma and I'm doing it for the brand so I'm getting you guys a bottle damn so hey, fuck you Oscar <laughs> Oscar <laughs> shout out to you we missed our picks so you know what has to happen true 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 pour it over the board <laughs> as we crack crack open what a fresh bottle of Montezuma gold. This ASMR ass podcast. <laughs> I hate ASMR, by the way. It's I don't know how people fucking like that shit. It weirds me out. 
it, it, it weirds me out. Yeah, it, it 100%. It's, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know. I have pretty sensitive hearing, so I don't want to hear, like, crunching and brushing or any type of, like, weird sounds in my ear like that. Like, no, no thanks. Yeah, I'm actually the same way. Hearing is super vital to me, obviously, but it, it smells different, right? Yeah, it smells pretty gross. <laughs> um, I feel like I use my hearing for a lot of shit, so it's if if something's fucking with my hearing, it like annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah. So yeah, e- same. E- even when we would like play beer pong and shit, it sounds super fucking weird. But the way that I would like play off of the sound it made off the cup and be like, all right, I got to throw it like less hard. I got to throw it like mother up. Mother bricks you lame. Yeah. And it hits the edges. <laughs> and then shit like that. And then like, also it would allow me to like not look at the table when someone tries to bounce the ball and be able to like figure out where it is and shit. What's your fucking, I, I'm fucking daredevil. G. Your fucking sonar list here. <laughs> <and that. laughs> fucking daredevil. Oh man! All right, cheers. Yeah, I mean, some might say that this is an AS- ASMR uh, podcast with the listening. Here's here's take the shot. Taking a shot of Montezuma because we lost our whiskey bets. Okay, Shout out, Oscars. Like the Cubs. Yep, that one was worse. Oh my god! <laughs> I prefer the clear one. That one was definitely worse. There's like long lasting effect right now, right? A little bit, a little bit. Actually, that taste isn't I feel terrible. Like I, I feel like I have to brush my teeth, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, with that, whiskey picks for this weekend. I'm not going to do anything off of UFC because that card looks like ass, and I'm not going to pay for that shit. Um, yeah, that's definitely not a go to in order to fight no. type uh, type card. Plus, I'm probably going to be a Michelada fest, but I digress. We could talk about that later. True. You know we what? We talk about that right after our whiskey picks. Yeah, right after the whiskey picks. Um, I will go whiskey picks. Nonetheless, go. I will go A's over Roger Rangers Rogers, and Rogers. I am also going to go Padres over Diamondbacks. Uh, money line both. Partly, A's Padres. Friday night, West Coast game. So after you listen to this, you still got time. <laughs> and you better fucking listen to this on Friday. Let's and you know what? I'm going to throw the White Sox in their money line because fuck you. God damn it. <laughs> I was trying to think of a like a weekend series bet for Cup Sox. It can't be wins because we all know the fucking Sox are going to just stomp that ass. Over under four and a half runs. Total? No. <laughs> Total for all three games? Difference. For all three games? Yeah. So I'm minus four and a half. See, the funny part is, I don't even think that's enough. Because <laughs> the Cubs pitching stinks. It fucking stinks. Your bullpen. If you're like, yeah, I'll give you Cubs plus four for the entire series, I'd be like, you have to give me four a game, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not trust this bullpen at all. Even the starting pitching is this fucking... How many bombs are going to give up before he leaves out? That's all he gives up. See, I, I feel like it's not the same team as last year. So if it was last year, like soft pitchers, we would blow the fuck up. I think we, I think, didn't we hit like four bombs off of him last year? Who, Hendricks? Yeah. Four or five? Maybe. I don't remember. I think that was 
Leicester was the Friday game. That was the game where Abreu hit 15 home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Second game, I I want to say there was like four home runs hit, and then you Darvish ended up shutting as Dan. Yeah, I would say four and a half because I mean the Sox offense has not been all that hot. What if you make it seven and a half? Hell no! <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> You know, you know, one of the games is going to be a blowout. I'll make it an even five. One game is going to be a blowout. An even five. I guarantee you that. Might be the Sunday game. Who's pitching? Fucking Alec Mills, I think. And if it's an exactly five, then we buy the listener's shots. I'll take it just because. Because yeah. I brought the listeners in and you sound like a dick if and you don't I have do a, it. And I have a gambling problem, probably. Who knows? 1-800-GAMBLER. Whatever. Whatever. Five runs. Over the three games, God, see, I still, <laughs> I, I still don't think that's enough, and it's not. We're gonna run, we're gonna run this tape back next time we come on, and it's gonna be like, what the fuck are we There's thinking? I told you, you should have gave me twelve runs. One of the games is gonna be like twelve to two. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna get ugly. It gets ugly with this fucking cup scene. You guys are gonna win one either game, they, and either, I'm gonna be mad. Either they keep it close, or they give a fucking a thousand runs. That's like that's like the script for the rest of the year for the Cubs. Good, fuck them. Yeah, they won by one run today. Fuck them. One run the other day, and the day before that, it was like 7-1. It's, it's, hey, it's ridiculous. I'm going to keep fucking throwing dirt on y'all. All right, well, if you listen to this tomorrow, when it comes out, it's John Means Day. So you know what that means. I'm taking the Nerfy in the Rays and Orioles game. No runs in the first inning. It's at plus 100 right now. I like Even it. Not, I like it. it. Even as I like it. And this isn't a parlay. I'm just giving another pick. Because I feel like I'm giving the, the listeners a chance to, you know, put something for the weekend. You're going to pick Lionel Messi going to PSG? No, that's probably where he was going. I'm going to throw a flyer out on uh, Derek Lewis. I know we talked about, well, we didn't talk about the UFC because we didn't think it was an exciting card. But I'm going to sprinkle some, uh, some money on Derek Lewis just because he does have that knockout power. So just taking out a flyer out on that. Is he a favorite? No, he's plus 280. Which I think is mad disrespect for a guy of his caliber and his, his uh knockout power. His knockout power. So I'm gonna sprinkle some on Derek Lewis at plus two eighty. So we were gonna talk about Mitchell Fist? Yeah, you said you were gonna go? Yeah, I don't know I, I had, about I, this. I had reservations of uh about going or not. Why? It's fifty dollars to get in. I did not know that. That's uh that's one. <laughs> uh but then they actually have like a, a concert lineup. So I I understand it. Rakimi I guess Kenway. you got Rakimi Kenway on Saturday. Yep, that's the only reason I'm going. And someone bought my ticket. Huh? And uh, Chrissy Angel, I think is the is the co-main. I guess if you want to call it that for okay. that for that day. Okay, for the young bucks. Okay. Yep, yep. No, they they were putting on music. Oh yeah, in the sure, Rakimi Kenway Rakimi Kenway days. Nah, I have no idea who they are or he. Or you she. you probably do. It's it's a it's it's two bros. So probably probably if I if I play yeah you probably you might remember it. Hey, Lokia though, shout out to Los Boys for having their fucking stand over there. For sure, yeah. Our guys at uh Los Boys podcast, they're gonna have their stand out there. They're gonna be giving out merch. I think like keychains and stuff shirts, like that. Keychains. They might have some shirts available for you guys out there. But if you're out of Michelada Fest, look for the Los Boys podcast stand. I stand. Guess. Yeah. I think they have a Michelada partnership. That's why they're out there with those mm-hmm. guys. But if you see them, let them know that Yap Chicago says what's up. And that we're better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all love to them. They're yeah. another another group of guys that's trying to do the same thing 
you know, just, get, just provide some entertainment out there for you guys. Not no different than what we're doing. Damn, now it just sounds like a good time. I mean, they're not going to be able to do shit because they're going to be working. Yeah, but at the whole time. That down, but Rakimi King White starts playing. Everybody's going to be like, ah! <laughs> Including me. I'm going to be like, ah! You make me feel so down! <laughs> All right. All right, so actually talking to my boy David, we got a little bit of clarification. Um, clear it up, clear it up a bit. They they are going to be at Micha Fest. They are going to be at a joint tent with uh, La Curva. La Curva Picosa. There you Michelada go. Mix. So they, they are going to be handing out t-shirts, keychains, and what else? I think he said like stickers or something. Bottle like openers. Bottle openers. Yep. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. So if you, uh, if you actually go to the stand that they're going to be at on 18th Street, where La Curra Picosa, go to that stand, tell them, yeah, Shia said, what up? And David should be able to help you out when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, it's another podcast. Our boys doing the same thing, really just trying to give give out entertainment. Big shout out to those boys and their podcast. True, true. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of Yap Chicago. Once again, you can follow the show on Twitter at Yap Chicago underscore and on Instagram at Yap Chicago. Or call us and leave us a message at 312-985-6006. Let us know what you think about the Cubs moves, all of the moves that the Bulls made. Are you excited for the future? Are you not excited? Do you not like it? Do you want to trade everyone? you want to blow it up like the Cubs did and make me sad again? I'm going to watch the Yankees this weekend and the Mets <laughs> and the Giants. <laughs> cheer up for the boys. And I might watch the, uh, the Crosstown series, I guess, since, I'm, since I made a bet on it already. Well, for Lee's... I'm Edgar Perez. You're listening to Yap Chicago. Have a safe weekend. Meet me at Meet Fest Saturday. Well, Justin Fields.